Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. From Decrypt.co, this is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show. Yesterday, Vitalik tweeted that DeFi yield farmers go burr more than central banks. I wanted to reach out to DeFi projects to see how they felt about that tweet. In this episode, I have two DeFi projects and a scaling solution to talk about different aspects of the Ethereum network and Vitalik's tweets. Definer, Hermes, and Ave. Coming up on the Decrypt Daily. What's up, everybody? It's the first of the month. <laughs> Tuesday, September 1st, 2020. And... I was inspired by Vitalik's tweet yesterday about DeFi projects going burr more than the central banks. And I'm going to take a skeptic's approach to this whole episode and ask everybody the shortcomings of the Ethereum network and how they view them as projects building on Ethereum. Do they agree with Vitalik's tweet? Do they not? Well, you're going to hear for yourself right after the crypto prices. And I'm recording this at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is going burr past 12000 It's at $12,011.20, up 2.4% from yesterday. Ethereum, burr, for up 10.2% from yesterday. So that is 20% gains in two days. Litecoin, 63.65, up 3.4% from yesterday. Chainlink, 16.21, down 1.2% from yesterday. And XRP, 29.2 cents, up 3% from yesterday. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrency is $391.7 billion. Bitcoin dominance slipping a little bit more to 56.7%. The first person and company I have on to talk about Vitalik's tweet is Stani, the CEO of Aave. Let's see what he has to say. Stane, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm pretty good, pretty good. Uh, being busy times in DeFi space now. Oh my God, I know, right? And, and, and speaking of the DeFi space, what I really want to talk to you about was Vitalik's tweet. He says that money is going burr more than central banks in DeFi. What do you say about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's quite interesting because uh, it's kind of like based on this uh, liquidity mining uh, scheme where uh, you you have a distribution model uh, where you give tokens to to people who come up and provide liquidity. The problematic part is here that people who have a lot of funds, so so basically whales, they're coming up and showing into these new protocols and getting those tokens. This distribution model. What happens is that those smaller investors that actually uh, don't have equal amount of capital, they cannot farm, mine, same amount of tokens. So what they're actually doing, they're going and buying these tokens from open market, which means the whales are actually selling to them. So it's kind of like a weird 
unfair model that we we have now. And what we kind of realize is that it's pretty much like printing value in one sense, because when these tokens are issued, they don't have any value. And once kind of like end users are buying them, they pay for them. It's it's, it's value transfer. I mean, the smallers are paying for the biggers. So that sounds like a Ponzi scheme. Is that a correct term to use here? I think the correct term is uh, economics where the the big people, they, they basically get things for free for quantities of course they put capital there it is kind of unfair to say but on the other hand basically people with smaller amounts they they're coming in they they don't get that much voting power because the idea of the protocols the developers want to give the protocols into governance like community governance but the thing is if the whales get all the tokens and they they can control and sell it's a bit challenging for actual uh, community members to get enough voting power uh, the little man always pays, sadly. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, how do you feel, though, about Vitalik's tweet? Because in my opinion, in the way that I'm looking at this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, and since you are in DeFi, you might have a total different viewpoint on this. It's, I think those are shots fired from Vitalik onto a, a project that's building on his platform, basically making his platform work uh, and, and utilizing it uh, for one means or the other. I, what do you? How do you feel about it? Yeah, I mean that's actually a good point, Matthew. Because uh, in in one way, uh, DeFi is, is uh, as a space is one of the most successful kind of like applications on on Ethereum. And what's interesting in in that sense is that it provides basically a lot of value. There's a lot of interesting things people are building and, and utilizing value. And 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 we at Aave we believe in in basically sustainable DeFi, like lean DeFi. And on the other hand, it's it's kind of like. A, I see the point there because some of these things that are happening in the uh, on-chain ecosystem, they're kind of like, they're not sustainable. And the thing about DeFi or on-chain on-chain systems uh, like Ethereum is that it's permissionless. It means that anyone can build anything and use anything. And that leads to a situation where you have good products and bad products. And for users, it's sometimes difficult to understand like what's good and bad. Uh, in, in that sense. And I, I totally respect what, what Vitalik wrote about it. Uh, and I, I think he's right. I mean, some of the stuff that are, is happening is unsustainable. It, will, it can't continue on long term, but it's important to uh, focus on those projects that are sustainable and are building like the future of finance. But isn't that just about innovation and business and creation in general? Because a lot of people are comparing DeFi to the ICO bubble. People are saying that, well, look at all the scams that happen on the IC in ICOs. Look at all the scams that are going to happen in DeFi. But at the end of the day, there are still ICO projects still around that are turning into DeFi or the major players on the Ethereum network. Yeah, I mean, uh, Aave as a project started uh, basically with a token sale three years ago. And basically, we're now the biggest DeFi protocol out there. So there is success success stories. We currently hold around 1.5 over billion worth of value in the smart contracts. And, and it, it, it shows actually that there is substantial, uh, I mean, basically products that have good foundations. And Omisigo is another example of, of that. And what's in interesting is that what is different from, from 2017 and now is that basically people are launching products first and then they're deploying them into the, uh, to the mainnet. What we have seen, of course, as well, like previously in 2000, uh, 2017, the case was a bit different because, for example, Aave, as we were known as Eatland, we actually had a product already. It just was very early versions of it. And we had use, user base as well. 
and we just grew from there. But most of the projects, they, they basically had only this white paper, that a plan that kind of like a business plan of what there is going to be built on, on, the, on, on Ethereum or other blockchains. What we see now is that uh, we see actually product launches, but and, and also kind of like a forks of existing products to, to build community and change the governance models, which is one way fascinating. So I think the threshold of, of coming into DeFi is very high uh, in terms of like you have to develop quite a lot of uh, smart contract related stuff, or then you have to take something that's already existed, but you have to then spend a lot of time building community. Do you think DeFi can survive if there is a big bubble bust and a lot of these companies turn out to be scam tokens? Yeah, in my opinion, like the lean DeFi, like lean projects, uh, those who which has like substantial value that they're holding that are utilized by many, many users, they will sustain. And, and basically, in the same way as, as any sound business model that has basically protocol market fit, but uh, stuff that doesn't actually bring innovation, that those will not last. Stani, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. Okay, so it seems as though that Stani agrees with Vitalik's tweet. Okay, now what about Jason Wu, the CEO and co-founder of Definer? Let's see what he has to say. Jason, how are you doing? I'm pretty good. So this is a show about Vitalik's tweet the other day talking about DeFi. He basically said DeFi is going brr like the central banks. Mm -hmm. And I want to look at that with you. I'm wondering if this is like he's throwing stones at glass houses. Is it a pot coloring kettle black? These are two emerging technologies. Ethereum's emerging technology. DeFi is an emerging technology using basically Ethereum. Do you feel that his comments are valid in his criticism to DeFi? Yes, yes, absolutely. I have the same concerns as him. I'm the founder of Definer, and Definer is there was there since like early 2018. And uh, you know we kind of see and uh, this space start and grow. And now like it's become more and more popular. I I, I understand the reason why he speak out in this way. Uh, put it short is always about long term and short term. If you put the long term uh, consideration, he's consider the technology breakthrough and Ethereum, you know, bring the smart contract, build the decentralized financial infrastructure. That's the long term. That's why the reputation is still the most important thing. And we need to use the technology to do the good thing. However, if you consider the short term, what happens right now in this field is people do the financial engineering and design a mechanism to make other people think they can make more money. In this way, they attract more people come and play this game. The, as long as there's new money coming and the, the, the early adopters, they make more money. It's very well designed mechanism. It's not about the product, which is DeFi or financial services. It's about people use this product to build a game on top of that and attract people. I think that's kind of the short term. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, it increased the usability of the platform, Ethereum technology, bring more people. But in uh, a little middle term, uh, this model cannot sustain because it depends on new people or the new money coming to make the profit uh, for the people who, uh, you know, set up this game or participate earlier. I want to ask you about short term and long term, because look, the long term and the short term when it comes to building businesses in the if just, you know, globally in the economies nowadays have, have drastically changed. The average, you know, um, lifespan of a company in the S&P 500 is 61 years. The average tech company's lifespan is six years. Now we're talking about emerging technology like Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I only see that, you know, things are changing faster. Social media, people are, you know, 
know, of less attention, attention span. They want quicker fixes of what they want of money, of interactivity, and they want to jump to the new things. That lifespan could be going lower and lower and lower. Is long-term and short-term actually being redefined? And is that actually a valid way to look at long-term and short-term to say what you want out of an industry that's emerging now opposed to back then? Yeah, I think that's still valid because it's always about uh, the reputation. Just think about like uh, what happened after the ICO. In my personal uh, think, ICO is very good technology, but it is used by the scammers and then make a lot of people lose their money. Then they criticize, they, they blame, you know, the Ethereum. It's not the fault of the technology or the service, right? It's the fault like people use that as a trick to build a game and uh, to do bad things. I think what Vitalik, he really want to protect is, hey, this is the service. This is technology, right? Yeah, you know, it's changing uh, space very fast and the breakthrough of technology. But this is kind of technology to transform people's life. That's good thing. That's good service. Uh, however, right now it is used by some financial engineering or some people very good at financial engineering. They are using the technology breakthrough and they are playing our games and they are playing the old games again and again. It's kind of give you a dream. You can make a huge profit, like 100% APY. And But no one is, uh, is questioning uh, where's the 100% API from. To set it apart, it's basically from two portions. One is the service itself, but that profit or the APY is very low, like less than 10%. The majority of the APY or the profit came from trading, which means they kind of buy the liquidity on the market and uh, pump up the price of the token and give you an illusion and uh, you have 100% or 200% APY. You see all this YARM, you know, Sushi, uh, uh, Swap, all these things. That's all the same thing. I think that's what Vitalik is really concern, uh, concerned about because he knows that start from the ICO age, right? It, it's just a financial engineering game. Eventually, uh, it will burst. So I think that that's really something he concerned. Also, uh, that's something I concerned as well. Just think about like, for example, Definer, right? If we do that game, eventually it's actually not the, the project make the profit, but someone else. But w- once the bubble burst, who will take the blame, right? The product itself, not the people behind that and use that product to make profit. And then eventually, you know, that will just bring the ba- all the bad reputations, all the bad names. Whenever people men- mention Ethereum, Right now, even people can think about the ICO. It's all the scams. How about this? This DeFi is brilliant breakthrough, right? But what if something? I'm sure it's going to burst. But after that, right? That will bring a lot of bad, you know, reputations to this decentralized finance industry. DeFi miners on Ethereum are making up to five hundred thousand dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Why is that okay? But other companies coming in to try to do different things on the platform and make money is not. And who's actually what you going back to what you said? Who's really benefiting for the miners making that much money? Is it the Ethereum network? Not really. Is, Ethereum is not getting any better, any faster. They'll to, layer two solutions. Their uh, fifteen you know transactions per second or whatever they are isn't getting any faster. It's just the miners that are making money. They can shut off those computers at any time. Same thing with these projects that are building. Why is that valid and these projects are not? The key difference is miners making money or profit for selling their service, right? They, they run their GPU, they run uh, the service. 
and they are making money. That's exactly fine because they are selling service. However, the current recent project, just give example, right? The sushi swap. They just forked Uniswap and add some model, then play it around. So they don't really have any too much uh, value-added services, but they are playing a game. That's the reason why I don't think it's fine. It's because they didn't do much value-added service, which means, you know, through the technology uh, breakthrough or building the code, they just do some uh, use fundamental or use some existing product and uh, play it around and uh, start to attracting people to buy and pump and take a profit. So that, that's the key difference, right? One is setting the service. One is just manipulate people's thought or financial engineering work to make profit. So I, I think that's two uh, different you know, uh, strategy or ways to make it manual. That's why I think one is okay, because it really improves people's quality eventually, but another is not okay because it's very small value added, but add a lot uh, bad Im- impact for this whole community and uh, industry. Right on, Jason. Thank you very much for coming on the show and explaining some of these questions for me. You're welcome. Okay, Jason definitely agrees with Vitalik's tweet, but I'm going to stick to my guns. Ethereum is not perfect. So why even blame other projects for not being perfect? It's a pot and kettle, pot and kettle. I'm going to stick to my guns. Maybe I can get them with gas prices. Everybody knows gas prices are too high. And to talk about that, I have Anthony Martin, BizDev of Hermes. Anthony, how you doing? Well, thanks. F is still slow. It's like 15 transactions per second. And the because of that, you get a lot of congestion using the Ethereum network. And that raises the gas prices pretty high. We're talking about $5, $10, a transaction. The other day, I was trying to send $15 transaction. It was going to cost me $18 to send. Do you think Ethereum is working as it should at this current time? No, I think that obviously your point is is right. I mean, if one day we want to be mainstream and, for example, do you want to pay your coffee with with your Ethereum wallet? With I, I, it's one of of the of the targets that will be impossible if if the price of the gas is bigger than the price of the coffee. Then uh, nowadays it's not working. But nevertheless, I see a lot of teams moving forward and progressing and developing uh, this new technology that will avoid this scalability and will decrease the, the, the price of the gas by far. Vitalik basically said that DeFi is going burr when it comes to their tokens to create artificial li- liquidity. Do you agree with Vitalik? And do you think that DeFi is a, hmm, what's the word, valid project on the Ethereum network? Well, I think that DeFi includes a lot of different projects. Then I have seen a very serious ones like Maker, for example. Also, the truth is that in the last weeks, we have seen experiments like Yam and that at the end, they were not audited. And then it creates this controversial. No? But for me, it's still one field under experimentation, we can say somehow, where still a lot of projects that they make no sense uh, or, or they are a scam or they seem that they were not properly audited. I mean, that there are a lot of security issues there. 
there. Nevertheless, I think it's one, one field that is worth to be explored. There are serious projects there, as I was saying. Okay, right now, also, you, one user should be able to differentiate one to the others. It's complicated, I understand that, but uh, it's the future. And then uh, it seems to me that, that we are moving in this direction. We are experimenting, but some of the good projects or some of the winners will rise from, from this space in the short term. I, I like what you said there. This is an emerging space. Even Ethereum itself is an emerging technology, and emerging te- technologies are being built upon Ethereum. Is it fair for one emerging technology to point fingers at another emerging technology? Mm, well, uh, I, I see your point, but also the truth is that, I mean, it's Ethereum is older than, than these DeFi projects, okay, maybe only two, three, four years, but uh, it's still a lot of time in, in this world where we are running so fast. Well, if you ask me, I don't like to point fingers on others. I mean, obviously, Ethereum has his own problems and they should work on that. But my feeling is that they are doing this this effort. As I said at the beginning, what everyone is judging, okay, this is a, each one has a different opinion and I will respect that. Nevertheless, for example, we are trying to develop a solution on layer two. We are not comparing ourselves with the others and, and we hope that it works. And, and for us, for example, the security is a critical issue that we are trying to to fix since the beginning. Wonderful. Anthony, thank you very much for coming on and talking to me. Okay. Thanks to you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. Today, I wanted to do a little bit of a different episode. I wanted to challenge Vitalik's tweet. I saw the tweet and I went, there is a conversation to be had. And I got three great people on to talk about it. I hope we all learned something, which actually kind of brings me to the next question. If we all know and we all can agree that Vitalik's tweet was correct, that there is pseudo Ponzi-like activity going on in the DeFi space, why is everybody allowing it? Is it just to get rich? Is it just for greed? Is it just to say maybe I can be that next millionaire and who cares about everybody else or the validity of this project? Hmm, maybe my next episode is going to be on ethics. Maybe that's not my job. Eh, We'll see what happens. If you thought this episode was interesting, please leave us a rating, a comment, and share it with your friends. All the articles I use for references to base these questions on and structure these conversations are linked in the show notes, as well as everybody who has come on the show's social media handles. And don't forget to download the Decrypt app on your Apple App Store and your Google Play Store. We'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling.